0: podcast, greater than
1: yourself. All right. Welcome to a podcast greater than yourself. My name is John Barleycorn. And I am Fred. And you're listening to our special bonus episode. This is a chat we sat down and had with our new friend Dave from the podcast Dopey.
2: That was Extremely enjoyable, yeah. and uh, I really, I his, he was, he's was just, he's a pleasure to talk to. You. As the thing is, is when we got talking to him, I was like, Oh, it's Dave from Dopey, mm-hmm. yeah, it was, there was just, oh, yeah, it's just Dave from Dopey. It I feel like I've, I've talked to him because I've listened to his yeah, podcast, like, oh, so I'm like, Oh,
1: okay, that's
2: who this is. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just that guy from that Dopey podcast that I've listened to, so it's like. Once we got rolling, I was like, oh, yeah, it's just him. And it yeah. was really, really enjoyable. It was
1: fun. Really fun chat. So hope you guys enjoy it. Um, we'll be back with season two eventually. Not sure when, but uh, in the, the interim, feel free to hit us up at uh, podcastgreaterthanyourself at gmail.com. Look us up on Instagram. And um, please write us a review and leave a rating in your podcast app. Yeah. That really helps. And, um, it does. Yeah. Enjoy the uh, show, and uh, happy bonus
2: happy bonus episode to everyone. If you want any more of these, you better write a fucking review. Yeah, do it. Piece of shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, 12 questions with our guest, Dave from Dopey. Uh, question one. Do you remember your first 12-step meeting? If so, what was it like? I don't.
0: I mean, I don't remember it. But I remember a sort of smattering of 12-step meetings that I hated that I went to that I couldn't believe I was there in a church on uh, 35th Street and Madison Avenue in Manhattan at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And everybody would tell me if I... Wanted to get high. I should call them, and I was like, "I don't think you understand what wanting to get high is." <laughs> so I'm do not I'm to, if you don't have drugs. I'm not gonna call you. Um, that's just. Me. I'll
1: call you if you
2: have drugs for me, and
0: that's <laughs> about yeah. it.
1: It took me a long
0: time to figure it out. A long, long time. Uh,
2: do you participate in more than one fellowship? Not currently.
0: I I really enjoyed uh, Narcotics Anonymous. Um, in theory, you know what I mean? And I, and I like, I like stopping in over there because I'm a drug addict. I like stopping in and and I, and I went to a couple meetings that were just like my favorite meetings, but, um, no, I'm, I'm, I strictly do, I do Mm day. There's a, I did, I did. I I had a moment of doing SLA, a very weird (laughs) moment of doing SLA where everybody was like fucking their like neighbor and their cat and their postman and everybody had like
1: like, i thought i had an issue here
2: but you guys are on a whole fucking everyone thinks everyone thinks they're a sex addict until they go to a slaw meeting and then they're like you know what i'm actually cool i'm actually cool dude i mean like it's not fair
0: i i think i think i'm as twisted as any of them but like it was a funny it was an i i knew that If I went to that fellowship, it would be bad for everybody. Like I wouldn't get better (laughs) there. You know what I'm saying?
2: I went to that fellowship with the same thought. Like, I'm twisted, this I could fit in here, like I'm a drug addict, I'm an alcoholic, this makes sense. And I remember like thirty minutes in being like, This I I am a tourist in this meeting and this this is nothing good is coming out of this.
0: No. No. No, exactly. But they also have the weird bottom line stuff that I never understood. Mm-hmm. Like they like they're like I'm 10 days off porn. I'm like three weeks off fucking strangers. I'm six weeks off paying for somebody to like probe me with a prod. I'm like <laughs> they have a million different kind of day counts. It's very like complex. <laughs> and I say that with love to everybody at the I, yeah. I, I love everybody at the Of course. It's
1: like I just yeah. Just at some point it's like how many fucking clean dates can I have in my book? You know, I got like a little, I'm like gonna pencil one in for the last time somebody slapped my dick or something.
0: Well, that's interesting to me. Exactly. It's like somebody said to me, a lot of listeners say to me, when was the last time you did heroin? And my father even says this to me. He says, when's the last time you did heroin? I don't remember. I, I remember it was like, I think it was like, uh, seven or eight years ago was the last time I did heroin. It was the fall. I remember I was taking Percocets every once in a while and I was like, I should I miss heroin <laughs> and, I, and I'm kind of flirting with the experience of heroin, so why don't yeah. I just get heroin? Yeah. You know, and I was at a meeting the other day and it was this very sweet guy was asking me that question and I knew that I, I did it once and I got really fucked up. You know what I mean? Like I shot a bag I like I had a dealer who like real street kind of dealer from the Bronx guy. And, um, and I, the lat thank God, but for the last big chunk of my addiction, I had money. Like I was making money and I, I like, I never like got to real, I mean, I got to bad places in terms of how much I was using and, like I didn't mm-hmm. save any money, but I, I didn't lose my job so I could afford to keep it going. Yeah. And I had made friends with this dealer cause he knew that I was super reliable and I hadn't seen him in a few years. And I was like, dude, come over, bring me needles, bring me a bundle. I'll pay your cab fare. I don't want to go to your building. I don't want to go to the hood. I don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. Just come to me. And he came to me and I like, I shot a bag and I was like, this shit is fucking garbage. And he like starts laughing at me because I hadn't done it in so long. And I was like, Give me two more and I shot the two more and uh I got so high like it was painful. Like it was like the first time you just go. I got sick, I'm throwing up. I like I, I like overdose without passing out. It was just mm-hmm. too much. And I was like, What the fuck am I doing? You know, like, why am I trying to reacclimate myself to this incredibly deadly, life-stealing drug? Yeah. And I never did it again. Um, but when I got sober, I wasn't like, "Well, it's been three years since I did heroin." I was like, "No, today's my first day without putting a mind or mood-altering substance in me." Yeah. So I find that that that's where the confusion comes from. You know, I I, I don't I don't even consider it. You know, because after I didn't do heroin. I smoked weed. I took pills. You know what I mean? Like I was still using. So it was like, yeah, I mean, it's cool that it's been seven or eight years since I did dope, but it's been five years or four years and three hundred and forty days or something since I did. Dope. So, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Like it's one I mean, of those weird.
1: That's like, that's why it's so it's so like, obviously, I think it kind of goes without saying, but just to reiterate all three of us are totally supportive of people in that fellowship who struggle with that. If, and just to illustrate it even more, it's like the fact that we could like acknowledge that that's confusing to us. It's not cause it's weird. It's because it's like, it's like, it's like Fred's wife listening to your heroin story right. and being like, Oh, that's so sad. And Fred is like cracking up, you know, it's like, it's the same thing. Like, me, me and you and him are, like, cracking up about somebody having 15 different clean dates with different things with their dick. And then, you know, but it's, but it's like, it's because I don't, you know, that's killing that guy, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's identification, that step one stuff. It's like, I do not relate to that. Like, I've had way, way, like, you know, hundreds of debaucherous episodes with sex and stuff. But I have never been in a position where I'm like... This is the thing killing me. This is ruining my right. life. I totally relate with your step one and your program, and I'm I'm a member. You know, like it's just not my reality. So, it's you know, it's it's a playful joke to us, but people who have that condition, like wow, yeah, okay, y'all, I'm like y'all win. You you're a king of the freaks. Like I'm I'm not cool enough to be in this club at all, dude. It's, yeah, maximum
0: love and compassion to anybody for sure. struggling or you know, totally.
1: What's your weirdest blackout story? Weirdest
0: blackout story? I mean, I, I, my blackouts were like, uh, you know, I was never a big drinker. Mm-hmm. You know, so my, I, I was, you know, I only blacked out from drinking, I think, one time. And it was the first time I drank. I was wow. a waiter at a summer camp in, uh, in Massachusetts. It was one of the worst summers I ever had. And um, I had no friends. I had a few friends that I brought with me but all of us were so alienated by the regular camp that we didn't even look at each other. We were so ashamed of knowing each other that we were just like alone, we were all alone. And uh, that was the summer that like, that was the summer that my addict in me really came out. Yeah. Every day I would lie on a hill alone and listen to Abbey Road over and over again, staring at the sky. like. And I love Abbey Road. It sounds pretty awesome know, um, actually. <laughs> I, I love Abbey Road, and I and I loved doing it, but I was so lonely, you know what I mean? It was the first time I really felt extreme loneliness, like oh. just, just crazy. But at the end, of the, I, I made friends with the kitchen staff, and the kitchen staff were like a bunch of alcoholic English kids, you know what I mean? I was like 15, they were like 21, and I was not drinking, you know? But the last night of the year, they invited us to their house or whatever, and... Um, I think I drank, you know, at least 17 screwdrivers or something crazy, <laughs> and I blacked out. I blacked out to the max, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't remember any of it. Like, I, my, my, one of my best friends, who I dragged with me to that camp, I remember him holding me up in the shower, telling me that I was going to live, but I just, you know, projectile vomiting. And that was, that was the only time I ever drank to black out. I had a million you know, heroin blackouts and, like, even more Xanax blackouts and seizures. I had multiple seizures. Like, I had, and I I mean, like, I would get on a plane to fly for work. You know, I I would be uh, working on a TV show, and I would get on, and I was, like, the scout. (laughs) I was the location scout. (laughs) And I would get on the plane with my pockets just full of drugs and stuff, and I was totally addicted to benzos. Yeah, yeah. And I, I got on the plane. And uh, and then something happened. And the next thing I know, I'm getting wheeled off the plane on a stretcher. Oh, man. And I'm like, I'm like, what happened? And he's like, you're having a seizure. I said, no, no, no. I fell asleep. I just I just dozed off in the <laughs> chair. But like, you know, and that's what would happen to me all the time. I would I would have these crazy seizures because I was so addicted to benzos. Yeah. And I would feel like I was dozing off but i would be seizing Mm -hmm. and the next thing i know i would be strapped to a stretcher it happened at a detox i was at i was like playing hotel california in the detox on acoustic guitar and the next thing i know i'm in an ambulance i was like no i just dozed off playing hotel california (laughs) um so i don't know if those count as blackouts yeah
2: but so wait hang on are you the guy that brings the fucking acoustic guitar to detox (laughs) Yeah, every time. Can we just every stop time. now, John? Actually, let's just let's just cut it here. I think it I think we got enough. I, I'm the guy. I'm the guy. But I'll tell you the cool thing about that is
0: that every time, right, I brought the acoustic guitar, you fell in love. Deep Every time I saw him love. There was not a time that I didn't saw him at Detox number 1. But number 2, I would play good so bad. At detox and every and that's the song at the end of Dopey mm-hmm. and everybody in the detox would would learn good so bad so like it's just amazing like I'm like the Johnny Appleseed of good so bad, um, but the fucked up thing about it is number one I appreciate that meme and that thought but I am that fucking guy unfortunately for me then the other thing was I was such a wannabe musician that the only place I could bring my acoustic guitar was detox right like i didn't play enough gigs to fucking like, be like walking around the guitar <laughs> i'd be like i'm going to detox better better take my axe to detox you know it's like i got a I gig it was for like yeah.
2: seven
1: days <laughs> yeah.
2: Got, <laughs> yeah got the seven day gig yeah and di- yeah. i mean truthfully i mean i don't think you even attended detox if you didn't fall in love with somebody right <laughs> I think it's actually like if you don't check that box on the on the outtake interview they're like well technically you didn't even actually attend this
0: <laughs> exactly you need to be willing to fall in love to, to, to successfully go through detox
2: we were literally right before this recording something else for uh, something that we're doing and we were talking about how in in rehab or detox um, it's like every day is like a month in the real world <laughs> like COVID yeah
0: it's like it's like this fucking it's like but it's better. you know I, I also love detox. I love detox. I love rehab mm-hmm. because I love that. I love that a day was a month, but then you take it a day is a month and you're with strangers, right. And you need to get to know them. and because if you don't, you're gonna die of boredom and loneliness. <laughs> yeah. So I just really relished the uh, being trapped with strangers. And soaking it up. Like, I was, that's, I just liked it. You know what I mean? Like, and I think, uh, I always compared it. There's a show called Benson when I was a kid, with it's an old, stupid show about, mm-hmm. like, I don't, I think I'm older than you guys, but it was Robert <laughs> Guillaume, who was a famous black comedian, actor, and he was the government, the governor's, like, assistant. Mm-hmm. And his name was Benson. Yeah. And on an episode of Benson, they all got stuck in an elevator and that was the whole episode they were in the elevator but they had to talk to strangers and by the end of it they were great friends with the stranger Mm -hmm. and i always thought detox was like that you're getting Mm -hmm. stuck with a bunch of people who knows who you're ever going to see again um but the irony is like that's how i got to know chris you know Mm -hmm. i mean that's how dopey came from you know It's, it's pretty interesting actually and i play acoustic guitar in a lot of episodes so what do you think about that
2: fred I think I love it. I think I love it. I got a uh, new gig. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, how long did it take you to complete the steps? Like uh, less than a year, like
0: uh, 10, 11 months.
1: Right on. Nice. Um, my Well, yeah, this is a good follow-up to that. How many people have you sponsored?
0: None to fruition. You know, I've I, everybody that I've started working with has gone out. Um, I have a new crop right now um, and we'll see what happens. Like nice. I, I'm like, I, I struggle with it, you know, like now all of a sudden people are hitting me up to sponsor them because of dopey Yeah. and I don't have sponsees. Like my meeting, the meeting that I go to, like people have like 40 years, 30 years, like, and I don't, I, I don't know. Like I, I live on long Island and like, it's a real, like, kind of like, It's a different culture out here than where I'm from and Uh I don't think people are dying for me to sponsor them. But at the same time, I'm coming up on five years, like maybe I should have sponsored more people than I have, but I'm open to it. Like what do you guys think? What would you do you think it's responsible if somebody hits you up on social media to sponsor them because they listen to Dopey? I don't have any sponsees, so I'm like I can kinda use a sponsee. But, so, but like, part of the answer
1: that, but I, one thing I want to say first is that, like, the, like, just when I ask that question, people, the furthest thing from my mind is how many people have you gotten all the right. way through the steps? Like, that's my, my, my purpose in asking that is how many people have you been like, yeah, I'll sponsor you. Let's mm-hmm. do some stuff. Uh, let's do some work. And that's the only, point of the question so it's like yeah it's not about the results it's just about like you know i want to hear about hey what's going on with step 12 with you that's it
2: well but yeah yeah just to jump on that a little bit like i mean you know it's like And this is something I talk to sponsees about all the time is like, um, you know, we're not in the results business. Like uh, we're in the, we're in the taking action business and, and you know, God, God doesn't care about the result you get. Um, God only cares about whether or not you're doing the action. And, and I don't even, I actually always say, Um, God rewards the effort so even if all you do is go up to the one to the sick motherfucker in the back of the room who doesn't want to be talked to at the end of the meeting introduce yourself and Mm -hmm. give him your number that but with the with the opportunity that like if this motherfucker asked me to sponsor him I'm going to say yes Mm -hmm. like that to me is enough because you're just making yourself available now to answer your direct question um, I think it's funny because if you'd asked me this question six months ago I would have said well if they live in your town, but if not, you probably have a network of people and you should hook them up with fucking people in their own area. Yeah. And now I'm like, fuck it, bro. Zoom them. Zoom them in. Yeah. Like uh yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, like if uh if I was talking to a brand new sponsee, I would say, or you know, to be fully transparent, like if I was talking to a dude with five years, because the five-year recidivism rate, that's that word is hard to say. Recidivism. <laughs> that's like I think I got it. Yeah. Cut this out. We'll run with the first one. Um, So, you know, the recidivism rate after five years in our program is extremely high. And that's two reasons. One, because a lot of people just get a life and just fuck off. And two, because a lot of people just stop doing our thing and then they fucking drink again. And um, and I would say, you know, at this point if I'm sitting here with, with five years, six years, and no sponsees, I actually need them way more than they need me. Yeah. So it's not about saving their life, it's about saving my own fucking life. And so I would say, if somebody if somebody hit us up on a Zoom, uh, or on an email right now, and was like, hey, I need, a, I need a sponsor, I would be like, here's a fucking Zoom meeting, like, hop on in.
0: Right. No, I should... I mean, like, I, I could be... I, I put the effort out there And I'm Mm -hmm. totally willing. It's, it's the next phase. It's like, I, I, I I was taken aback by this dude who asked me to do it and I said I would do it, but I've been kind of like not rushing to do it. But at the meeting, like, there's this dude at the meeting, this kind of fucko-y kind of guy, like, like, you know, Jim Tan laundry type of guy. And he's the (laughs) sweetest, he's just like, he's the sweetest guy and like, I was like, dude, he, he's the one who asked me how long it's been since I did heroin. And I was like, dude, uh, do you have a sponsor? And he's like, no. And I was like, I'll do it. You know, and that was the first time I ever, like, because, like, I don't say that. I don't troll for sponsees. I don't share that I'm looking for sponsees, but I feel you. And, um, and I also think that saying recidivism well makes you sound smart. So I commend <laughs> you for that. Um, but I also. been practicing. Think, you know, like I need sponsees, because like, 'cause I'm not. It's like that's another question that my old sponsor used to say. It's like if you go out, they ask you those questions. They say, okay, well, did you do all the twelve steps? Yep. Do yep. you have a sponsor? Do you talk to the sponsor? Do you have sponsees? Do you take them through the steps? And yes, I've, i all the first questions I can answer. Yes, 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 mm-hmm. yes, yes. But I, I my sponsee, my my sponsee game is not in play but it's about to be like there was another dude who is a big dopey fan who um asked me to take him through the steps and i was like yes let's do it let's do it and we did you know we we got up to bill's story <laughs> when i'm <on> vacation <laughs> but i'm available i'm like dude that's let's it do it i'm with you you know so i'm i'm very close to, uh, to the tipping point of that so i'm excited for that
2: if we had to throw our percentages like, into the fucking... If we had to show the percentages of people that we've sponsored versus the percentage of people that have actually recovered from alcoholism, I mean, I would be... It would be embarrassing how few have come... Like, I've sponsored a, a lot of people, and very few are... I have very few sponsees today that are, like, still hanging around, you know? Um, You know? But I'm still here.
0: And so... That's also probably why, like... I always hated it when people talked about grand sponsors and stuff, but it's probably very special because of what you're saying, Is it's so hard to get a sponsee to a place where they get a sponsee. So I can imagine that you would be very proud to be in that situation to be a grand sponsor. To me, I was like, you're a fucking idiot, grand sponsors, you know, shut shut up. (laughs) but but i I, i'm getting it right now which i hadn't gotten it before i appreciate that i actually have
2: a i actually have a thing that i want to do where i want to abolish the way that we give out coins in alcoholics anonymous because i think counting time is a fucking worthless thing because i know people with 90 days that have better sobriety than people with 34 years and um and so i think we should give out coins like oh hey you uh you did a third step prayer on your knees with a sponsor here's a coin oh you completed your fourth step here's a coin oh you became a grand sponsor, boom, that's a big fucking coin. The big
1: grand sponsor coin.
2: <laughs> yeah, you get the big fuck-off medallion coin, you know? <laughs> you, gotta,
1: you gotta wear the grand sponsor. It's on a gold yeah. chain, exactly.
2: yeah. <laughs> you get, like, to a special seat the the at the and
1: meeting
0: and, and shit. Ahead.
2: Yeah,
0: <laughs> I like it. I think that's a good idea. I think you should do something with that.
2: Alright, this is, this is out of left field here. We'll see if this one, how this one goes. Okay, if there was a pill that would allow you to use normally would you take it if one of the side effects was the loss of your spiritual experience and all memories of it so I, I get to use normally
0: mm-hmm. whatever
2: that means whatever that means I don't if, know. I,
0: if I use normally I would have zero spirituality
2: like any spirituality That's, you've gained within the, the time you've been sober is out the window
0: so basically you're asking me is would I get high with no consequences and lose all the spirituality that I've gained? That's the question. Yes. yes. I'll say no.
1: Okay. The answer is no. What's your least favorite thing about 12 step programs? Grand sponsors.
0: <laughs> Grand sponsors, I don't like. I don't like, uh, I don't like people. I fucking hate people who tell people what to do. Like, yeah. I hate authority. Like, it bothers me. I also don't like. People who cram God down other people's throats. Mm -hmm. It makes me very uncomfortable. Like, I I hate people who, and I don't hate people. I I dislike these things. I I dislike it when somebody gets to the meeting really late, and then they share really long, and then they smoke a cigarette right afterwards, like they just fucking (laughs) orgasm in the middle of the fucking meeting. I fucking hate that shit. I hate it when somebody sits next to me and then tells me I'm too close to them. I fucking hate it when somebody shares and then they're on their phone after the share. So I hate all that stuff. Well, to your point about
1: the authority thing, what what I really instantly what I think when you mentioned the people who were like, uh, you know, bossing newcomers around or telling people what to do in the rooms or whatever... To me it's like dude are you are you even an addict are you even an alcoholic like are, like are you, you you can't be the same kind of person as me if you think an addict or alcoholic is going to respond well to being bossed around like what kind of weird like angry cop mentality are you bringing into into AA it's so, it's just it's so strange to me to see that cuz it's like uh, almost almost everyone I know in 12 step programs are like they spent their whole lives just bucking authority and being like, mm-hmm. you can't tell me what to do. I'm going to go almost kill myself with drugs. You know, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> what a weird mentality. Oh. It's weird. It's like,
0: I don't know. They're they probably just as controlling when they were using and then right. they take the drugs away and they're like the cop or whatever. It's a weird thing. And I, it's a personality thing. And it's, it's probably, it's probably people who don't have friends and like, they don't have any friends and they've only communicated to people in this kind of controlling way Mm -hmm. so now they're in this kind of social group where that's the only way they know how to communicate they're like sick it's the summer sicker than others scenario these people are Mm -hmm. like it's very lonely and their only interaction is like that because they don't know how to be a friend to somebody Mm -hmm. you know it's very sad in reality you know I mean it can it can annoy me and it does I also hate it when people say my name is is they say, they say my, they say my name is alcohol and David is
1: my problem.
2: Yeah, I hate it like that. They say my name is my name is Fred and uh, oh yeah no you said it. Yeah, yeah dude that is yeah. I don't like going, any of the cute introductions. <laughs> no, just why can't people why can't people just say I'm Fred and I'm an alcoholic and just leave it at that.
1: Yeah. There's there's and I don't know if you've ever heard one of these guys but they're like uh, it's like my name's John and I'm a dipsomaniac and it's just like. I don't
2: know why I haven't heard that one.
1: Dipsomaniac. I've I've heard a guy at a meeting say that. And it's like, I had to go Google it. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm kind of interested in words. And I was like, why do I not know that word? And I went and I Googled it. And it's like, it's like an old uh, antiquated term for alcohol addict. It's just like, but, but it's like, I just have to be so separate from everyone in the room. I got to call myself a dipsomaniac. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Well, and this is, that's the thing is whenever I hear people doing shit like that, I'm like, oh, you just don't want to conform to this thing. And to me, whenever I see that, I'm like, that's, that's not a good sign. (laughs) Like, I'm not like one for who claiming who's going (laughs) to stay sober or not, but that's like a telltale sign. And if I have a sponsee doing it, I'll fucking tell him like, bro, that's, yeah, we're not, we're not going to do that. (laughs) And (laughs) we're not going to do
0: that. And you're a grand... My grandfancy is never gonna get get by doing shit like that. We're Listen, having, I'm, a, I'm a blessed, I'm a blessed, recovering, grateful, fucking, whatever. I I'm a, a hope dealer. Stuff. All these people, they think they're so fucking clever, um, but I also think like when you say the dipsomaniac thing. It's basically saying, "Please talk to me after the meeting and ask me what it means. Please <laughs> right. ask me about the wing. You know, it's the button. Ask me about
1: our yeah, wing. Exactly. It's, but it's AA but it's flare. Calming.
2: It's AA That's flare. That's what
1: it is. Exactly. exactly. And how
2: funny. how sad it must be to want to be the the most interesting person at Alcoholics Anonymous, <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> which is the total the antithesis of the point.
2: Yeah. It's like right. the
0: idea is we're not. We're not terminally unique. We're not, you know, what's the other one? There's terminally unique, and then there's, like, Chris had such a good expression. It was something cool. Like, there was a, it was a phrase like terminally unique with the word cool in it. To me, it's and always funny. We're not because it's that, like
1: you're trying to win a popularity contest in a room of, like, losers. It's just like, right. dude, We're you know, come on. <laughs> you're the world's tallest midget. Congratulations. Right. 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 That But that's something else, like... That's
0: the funny thing about Dopey is it was like, we wanted to be the biggest the biggest loser, like the, the, the most fun right. recovery, you know, it, it, it is like that. You know, the only reason that it wasn't was because we didn't claim membership. And like, I would complain about meetings all the time in the beginning because I had four months and I was very uncomfortable. You know, like yeah. even just doing shtick with you guys just now about like, there's a girl that goes to my meeting. And, and she comes there late, and she needs to share every time, and she's really loud. And at the end of every one of her shares, she says, best day ever. Today is the best day ever. She says it every meeting. And, like, I, I'm so AA now that I don't think about talking about it on Dopey, but it's so funny. It's really good stick. I got to use it for the show now because it's too funny not to use it. You know what I mean?
2: Like, I don't know. You know, it's funny. I went back and listened to your first few episodes before, like, within the last couple uh, months, just because I knew we were, or I guess the last couple weeks, because I knew we were going to do this, and I wanted to um, just hear it from the beginning again. And one thing that really stuck out to me as you were telling that story earlier about when you guys got started and everything, and how you were just going to be Howard Stern, is like, um, your, and this is a kind of a quasi compliment, so, uh, your personality came through because Chris was really, it's not, he sounded really nervous and unsure that first episode, those first couple episodes, like he wasn't sure he didn't know. And you were so forceful with him. Like just fucking talk, just fucking (laughs) tell the story. And like, um, And the thing that I love about it is I went from that to then like today listening to your episode with our, um, our friend, the, um, the greatest hip hop recovery rapper of all time. Um, and, uh, it was, you're the same Dave. It was like Dave from episode one. I mean, you're different in that. like You're obviously a little more experienced podcast, whatever, but like, the personality the person that i got it's like very authentic you know it's like you came across as authentic from that and from sitting here with you for the last hour and a half like it's you and i i really appreciate that well thank you i appreciate that
0: give me another question i'm with you i'm, I'm on the lightning round my garden
2: okay okay bad. uh how many meetings do you attend weekly and you can give your answer in both covid and non-covid times usually two
1: either way we're My next question, I think you kind of actually started to answer it um, there. My next question was going to be, what's your idea of the perfect 12-step meeting?
0: Uh, Number one, where we go is perfect. This beach outdoor meeting, perfect. Um, Even when it's cold, it's great because everybody everybody wants to be there. You know what I mean? It's 8 in the morning. You need to make an effort to go. I find... For me, I love meetings that are super early because you know that every person that's there, it's their whole business to get there. It's not like maybe I'll go to a meeting. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm going, and and there, and it's also the first thing in your day. And um, I just, I've always, I'm also an early riser. I've always been an early riser my whole life. So going to an early meeting is, is just better for me. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 uh, I would say like. Between 10 and 20 people and some smart people and, and some, pe- and you know, as diverse a bunch as possible mm-hmm. with a core of like humor and, and intelligence and wisdom and, and uh, kindness compassion passion, you know, some good looking people, not a lot of ugly people. You know, I'd like <laughs> that too.
2: What's the one piece of advice you'd give someone listening that is not sober now, but wants to be?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's such a weird thing right someone who's not sober now but wants to be you know try not to die try not to do heroin or fentanyl or coke or now they put fentanyl on weed and they put fentanyl on xanax so it's fucking you know crazy. good luck good, good luck not dying you know like I mean this is what I always this, this I, I actually like I had a friend who was an alcoholic and and he was like I'm still drinking. Uh, but i i think i want to get sober and i said some i said to him it was probably the wisest most recovery thing i had ever said which was i said well you know what you you can always go and drink again you know what i mean you can always not, they're not going to get rid of the beer yeah. you know like you, you you don't have to like it's not you know what i mean and um, it's complicated i i think that's what i would i would just say why don't you give it a chance and if you hate it you can always use
1: yeah That's how I started the 12 steps. I was like, look, dude, I don't think this will work. But I literally said to my wife one day, I was like, I can always just like drink again. Right. And in my head, like as she was like, yeah, just try it in my head. I was like, drink again and and kill myself. (laughs) Like that that was the thought. She didn't hear Mm -hmm. that part. She was just like, yeah, that's sure. Try it first.
0: You know, I think that that's very interesting because it's like. I always had reservations about, uh, I, I'm mostly about smoking weed, but I ha- I've had reservations about, you know, uh, benzos. I've had reservations about, I've had, I've had reservations about opiates in a way, you know. Um, but, and I, I was such a pothead, you know, I was such a stoner. I loved weed so much. That um, the idea of never doing it again—it also was so part of like who I wanted to be. Like I wanted to be a person that smoked pot and played guitar and was chill and whatever. So like it was very hard for me to to give that up, to give the persona up. And still in the back of my head, I have a reservation about being an old man that can smoke pot or whatever. Mm -hmm. But I know that if I smoke pot today, there's I'll have to smoke pot tonight. And I'll, there's, I definitely have to smoke tomorrow, you know, and if I smoke tomorrow, I'm going to have to smoke tomorrow night. There is no, like, that's back to the, the question of the one time. Like there's so not one time for me. Mm-hmm. Like there's only all, it's like smoking cigarettes too. It's like fucking like I stopped smoking cigarettes and uh it's because there is no one cigarette, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. there is no one hit, there is no one drink. There is no one anything. It's just all.
1: You know, this is my last question. Fuck Mary, kill uh, weed, Bill Wilson. Coke. <laughs> no, no, no. We already did that. That is actually, point. we actually have we done actually, that. <laughs> no, this is fuck Mary, kill weed, Coke, heroin, kill Coke. Uh, That's yeah, an I was. I would, easy one.
0: I don't know. It's complicated. I would definitely kill Coke either way. Yeah. And and I would and I would and I would talk. I would think I would. I, you see, it's like. I would marry heroin this is a very fun question because i would marry heroin if i thought heroin could be a good wife if heroin could be a good wife to me i would marry her but she can't because she's a fucking cunt or bag she's terrible terrible fucking person heroin i remember when i went to treatment um I remember when I went to treatment for the first time, like an expensive treatment, and I was like, oh, God, it was like 2001, and and my parents had gotten me a scholarship to a treatment in in Florida, and they said, uh, write a letter to your drug, right, (laughs) that whole thing. So uh, I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter to heroin about what a cunt whorebag she was that she took me away from my sweet girlfriend, weed, you know, and how (laughs) she made it that I can't ever fuck weed again without needing to fuck her. And, um, you know, but if heroin could be a good wife to me, I would fuck weed and marry heroin because heroin would provide me with so much joy the years but heroin is not a good wife so i would i would fuck heroin and i would marry weed because weed could be a good wife, you know like you, you guys saw dazed and confused yeah you know like when he's talking about martha washington you mm-hmm. know that old lady's gonna give you the joint and the <laughs> fucking bully or whatever that's weed you know that that's, that's <laughs> weird that's my answer
2: nice i i just i think that cocaine was definitely getting killed right i mean there was no doubt hands down <laughs> cocaine was definitely getting killed that's but that's i do i one. do appreciate i do appreciate your thought process because when he sent me that question i really i was like fuck that is i don't even like weed but i can't marry heroin <laughs> <laughs> but you did I, right you, of course you did, marry yeah, oh, exactly. yeah for a long time but if heroin if heroin could finally be good to you if oh she could God. finally
0: be the wife that she's meant to be you know, I think that's a great question. Very funny question.
2: Right. Okay. Uh, last question. Um, Bill or Bob? Bill or Bob? Uh,
0: Bill. But I don't know enough. Like, I have, like, a learning disability. You know, I, all I can think of is... I like James Woods. I like. J- and James Woods is such a fucking... That's the backup question. Bastard. James Woods right.
1: or James Garner? Yeah.
0: You know, I, I, I prefer... James Woods in, I just, I like him in um, Once Upon a Time in America, even mm-hmm. though he's a piece of shit. Yeah. He's a piece of shit, James Woods. And he's a piece of shit in real life. Yeah. He's a real fucking piece of shit. But there's just something, you know where I, I love him in The Simpsons. James Woods
2: is awesome. He in is amazing in that.
1: I actually just saw a tattoo <laughs> think- uh, of of his character in the Simpsons when he was like cleaning out the microwave and he's like, God damn. He's like cheese or whatever. Motherfucking
0: cheese. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know my bill and Bob well enough to choose properly. I'll just put it like that.
1: Fair enough. All right. So we like to do a bonus question. How do you define 13th stepping?
0: I mean, I, I, I define 13th stepping as I mean, it's funny, like, um, the proper definition of 13 stepping in my mind is somebody with time, uh, predatory, you know, Mm -hmm. pursuing somebody that they want to have sex with that doesn't have time and, and, and kind of getting over hustling them with their time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? That's the proper definition of a 13 step in my opinion, but you know, I just like the, the idea of the 13th step is like anyone dating anybody is 13 stepping. And Hey, right. you know, I had a friend of mine who was like wanted to start a sober dating app called the 13th step, which I thought was like the greatest idea. And it was like, but the, and the only requirement for membership was a desire to stop drinking for the 13th <laughs> step dating app. Like you didn't really need any time. It's I like farmers
2: only.com. Was- <laughs> exactly exactly wait um what's, what the do- do- what's the what's the sober dating app that you plug on your show though clean and sober love
0: sorry yeah, i'm the yeah, guy so. who
2: like literally is like hitting the 15 seconds forward through the <laughs> through the ads i I'm know sure that you're paying sure your bills
0: i'm sure you're the only guy
1: who's not listening <laughs> to the ads it's it's fred's fault entirely yeah so why you still have I, to wear cats Katz's? Yeah, I
0: know. No, but listen. Either way, they're paying me. You know what I mean. You don't have to listen to it. Yeah, I
2: don't. Ex- do you listen to the music before the apps, though? Yes. Or do you skip the music too? No. You know, I I don't I don't want to miss. I do like the music, and I don't want to miss your intro. So I often catch like the beginnings and the ends of the commercials. So like because I I don't want to miss the beginning of the episode. But when, so when often, the commercials like, on, he's like.
1: Nah, 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 <laughs>
2: I'm driving down the road, so I'm just like driving and like hitting the fast forward and the rewind on my phone back and forth. Mowing down pedestrians. Listen. I
0: think it's, uh, I'm incredibly touched that you listen at all. And I'm incredibly, like, I don't blame you. The only thing about the ads is like, it's very often that we only have one. And we Mm -hmm. only have the one uh, because, I mean, basically, Bob really loved Doby. Bob Forrest loved Dopey and he wanted to sponsor Dopey when Chris was alive but there was some kind of wildfire in California and it burned down half of his rehab so they didn't sponsor us and then like we got on This American Life and I was like Bob you should sponsor us now because there's going to be an audience and like I think they did pretty well with it. I think they've gotten a lot of people in their spot because it was on Dopey.
1: Nice. Nice.
0: Or at least, at least it's paid for the ad, you know, and the ad is, has been very helpful to our family. So it's been good.
1: It's awesome. Well, so I know that you just did the uh, Dopey Day. Um, is there anything else that you've got coming up that you want to tell our audience about? We did our first
0: event last year, which was DopeyCon. Mm-hmm. And uh, all this dopey shit sounds stupid when I say it, but it's fun. <laughs> and... Um, we're going to do another dopey con and it's not going to be able to be in person because of COVID or whatever. So yeah. it's going to be some kind of dopey con online scenario. Nice. And, and that's going to be the next thing. I mean, I'm like all about the next thing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I totally get high on this stuff and
1: well, thank you so much for doing this, man. I really appreciate it.
0: That was fun. Yeah. I'm yeah. happy. I'm, I'm, thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. Um, why don't, what's the difference between Bill and Dr. Bob? What did Bill, Real quick, that's my lightning question. Like, who do you guys pick and why?
1: You want to go, John? Sure. Um, so I think uh, to steal another guest answer, um, I identify with Bill more because he's like a shitbag who never had his shit together, really. He kind of like had a grandiose idea of himself and his abilities that he would sell people on. Uh, but then he would just pull it down on himself and just the whole fucking thing would just go to shit cause he'd be wasted. Um, and, uh, just like a liar, not realistic at all. And, um, and then, but, but I, but I would like, I strive to be more like Bob, who's this guy who's like just a service machine, just a dude who's like sponsoring, you know, the guy sponsored like 5,000 people in 15 years. He. Just took people through the steps, he's just like opened his home to strangers, he's just very caring, tender but stern, like, you know oak tree of a, of a picture of recovery, you know and like, so it's kind of hard question if you th- look at it like that but in terms of like, okay, Bill or Bob, well it's like Bill. For me, I'm a Bill you know, and, and that might kind of be a surprise to Fred, but like I feel like some of the language that that dude wrote in that book Alcoholics Anonymous hit like when I first came to AA in 1999 and I read that book I was 19 years old and that book knew me and it was written uh, 60 years before that but it said everything about my life and my internal dialogue that I had never told anyone And it said it in words that I wouldn't have used, but that I immediately understood. And so for me, I'm like somebody, you know, had such a profound experience that they were able to write that stuff. I'm just like, dude, I'm a bill dude, you know, (laughs) like that's, it's like, wow, dude, you're, you're my hero for having just gotten that on page. You know, it's awesome. It's a hard question though. Hard to choose.
2: I would say, uh, very similar to what John said. Like, um, I mean, I, fu- I fucking Bill's story is one of my favorite chapters in the book because it's part of the book that I love, which is the investigation, which is discovering whether or not people are, or are not an alcoholic. And Bill says incredible shit. Like, um, uh, you know, we had many, um, what does he say? We had we had many uh, something, but uh, in our sumptuous apartment, he's talking about having arguments with Lois. And he's like, I can't think of the exact quote right now, but he's like, yeah, I fought a lot with my bitch of a wife, but check out my sweet fucking Manhattan pad. You know, he's just like, <laughs> he's just the ultimate dick. You know, he's like, um, he goes on this motorcycle trip and he talks about how we are off and we are going to go out and we are going to do all this stuff. And as soon as that motherfucker gets back, he goes, I have arrived. It's like (laughs) Lois was there the whole time. But as soon as he's back, it's like all about him. And then, you know, my favorite line, which is, um, um, uh, I never cheated on my wife. What does he say? He says, um, what's the line? Uh, Johnny, there was uh, no real, there was no real infidelity, uh, for loyalty to my wife helped at times by extreme drunkenness. So like, I love my wife, but I also got whiskey dick a lot. And so I, I never actually fucked somebody else. And, um, and so I love bill for all the, the stuff that, that John just said, like how incredible he was. And to me, the book is somehow touched by something greater than us because it's just so powerful. But in Dr. Bob's farewell talk, he says something that touched me in a way that no words that I've ever heard or written before. Like I would imagine I would akin to like people who like read the Bible and like were touched. Like I went to church forever and I couldn't ever get that. shit. I still can't. So like I don't get that. But this touched me in a way where Dr. Bob talks about the program and he's so loving and so compassionate but like John said he's so firm with it too he's like you know um, you know our program is is simple and and it's basically just boiled down as love and tolerance and we shouldn't louse it up with all sorts of ideas that might be interested interesting to the scientific mind but really have no place um, in, in our program um, and I just love that so much you know and he, and he talks about how like if we all just do a little kindness for the next guy and just remember the kindnesses that were forwarded to us um our program will continue forever you know if we just grab that new guy and just do two or three small kind acts for him yeah. we will continue this incredible program and uh, and bob you know uh is has just touched me in like such an incredible way the dude is fucking incredible i love that
0: yeah i mean it makes me want to like get booked back into the show somehow you know I'm, I'm like, you know like I think the show because Chris died and uh, and Chris was such a scholar of uh of the big book and of um just all things drugs addiction and dumb shit and I'm more of a dumb dumb shit scholar <laughs> I'm more of like a scholar on like 80s sitcoms and stuff um and comic books and, like yeah yeah and like fucking cookies and shit like I'm a scholar on that stuff but like, I don't know. Like, I think another thing that the show is all into now is like not pushing 12 steps. Right. You know what I mean? Like I, I pushed 12 steps in that it saved my life. And what I've been saying is like, this is my new thing that I say. It's like, yeah, if you wanna go chop down a tree and figure out how to turn that into wood and then figure out how to build a table and then eat at that table, good for you. But I'm more of an IKEA kind of guy where I need it all laid out and I need all the pieces yeah, and I need, absolutely. I need someone to show me easily how to do it so I can enjoy that table quickly. For sure. That's how I do it. And I don't like IKEA. But I need help, you know, I need direction, right. you know. I need I need all that stuff. Um, but I, I can't help but think like this material is awesome, you know what I mean. Like, and, and I think it's it, it's it's also just awesome to have um, a really user friendly way to experience the book, you know. And hearing you guys talk about it is it's really refreshing. So I appreciate that. Awesome, oh, thanks, man.
1: man. Yeah,
2: thanks. We appreciate that.
1: Yeah, we. It's, yeah, and it's, we, uh... let's, let's kind of
0: come, let's come up with something to get get one of you or both of you on Dopey, and you could do some big book study kind of thing. Let's that could do be that fun. Be...
1: I that'd be awesome we, we would love to do that we, ju- we
0: just have to make sure we don't alienate all the fucking junkies who hate 12 well, steps We're-
2: that's the thing is like one you know one thing that we talk about is like i don't believe we have a, a like a monopoly on sobriety no. we just found something that works for us but if you want to like th- there's a line in the book it says we have tried every imaginable remedy and my thing is is like if if you if you can try something else before you get to AA, then you fucking should. Yeah. You know, like uh, if you think yoga right. and right. a fucking therapist will do it, then try that. But just know that if you find yourself drinking or using again when you don't want to be that, hey, AA is still here and we'll fucking help you out.
0: For sure. No, I told, That's. I told say the same thing. You know, it's like it's, and it's free. It's so funny. Like it's free. Right. You know what I mean, and you right. don't have to do
1: any weird, even though it feels like you do. You really don't. Yeah, it's not. It's not comfortable. <laughs> right. You know, no, nobody, nobody like wakes up one morning, dope sick, being like, you know what I, you know what I really want to do, not, not, not be dope sick, not, not be suicidal. What I really want to do is a drastic self-appraisal that challenges my ego, and and like go and repay every debt i've ever you
2: know i mean like no one wakes up saying that you know it's and talk about some fucking weird mystical spirit god in the sky or some shit like that you know what i mean it's like i get it man yeah we we the last thing we want to be is like zealots of of this thing this is the thing that worked for us so i'm super passionate about it because it's what worked for me if if again if yoga had worked for me i'd have a podcast about fucking yoga (laughs) you know
0: um thank you guys so much dude uh, thank you so much fun thank
2: fun you fun to that was awesome all right cool man all right have a great night, night dude
0: okay. please be in touch hey, if you need anything yeah yeah, yeah. okay
2: thanks Later. man see you dude thank you bye
1: was created by recovered alcoholics. All involved in the creation of this podcast are active members of Alcoholics Anonymous who wish to carry the message of our own recovery to those who still suffer. We do not claim to represent Alcoholics Anonymous. All comments are from our own experiences as alcoholics who have recovered by following the directions for the 12 steps found in the book Alcoholics Anonymous. Thanks for listening.